Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Simmons Clean Energy Podcast. I hope you're all keeping well. My name is Alex Bloomfield. I'm a partner in the energy team for Simmons & Simmons in London, and I'm active globally advising on clean energy. In this episode, we're covering Germany. As the country that introduced the very first fit-in tariffs as long ago as 1991, Germany is a country which for many is synonymous with the energy transition, or in German, die Energiewende. As we know, Germany is also the largest economy in Europe and the fourth largest economy globally. It also recently held a federal election and it's likely that the Green Party will form part of the new coalition government. As such, Germany's plans and Germany's actions are hugely important to the energy transition. It's also a country dear to my heart in which I've lived and worked. And with me here today are Jens Goetz and Boris Strauch, who are partners at our firm in Germany. Jens and Boris, can you please tell us a little bit about your experience in renewable energy projects? Yeah, of course. Many, many thanks, Alex, for the opportunity to speak together with Boris about Germany in this clean energy podcast. My name is Jens Goetz and I'm a partner in the German banking department, focusing primarily on financing for renewable projects in Germany and, and abroad. Um, well, actually, times have already changed. I remember when I started 12 years ago that we were involved in one of the largest and then last project financings for a coal-fired plant in, in Nordrhein-Westfalia, which would presumably no longer be eligible in, in the current environment. However, afterwards, we have seen the switch to and increase in the renewable um, energy space and, and transaction um, sector, which both presumably can also confirm. Yeah. Jens, Alex, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Boris Strauch. I have been admitted to the bar for about 15 years and have always worked in international law firms since then. Before that, I worked for a year at an environmental law research institute in Berlin, where I contributed to articles on renewable energy law, among other things. About 10 years ago, I was part of a team advising the federal government in Germany on issues related to the Renewable Energy Sources Act, or Erneuerbare Energiengesetz in German, or EEG for short, and I am part of a collective of authors who recently published a commentary on the 2017 iteration of this legislation. Part of my advisory practice has always been to support investors in particular in transactions related to, as well as in the ongoing management of renewable energy assets. My focus is on onshore wind farms and solar plants, but I've also gained experience with offshore wind farms, biogas and biomass plants, as well as energy transport and distribution networks. Thanks very much, Boris and Jens. It's, of course, very topical, of course, to be speaking to you both today about clean energy, given the recent German elections. So to start off, I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the German government's renewables, net zero or emissions reduction targets. Of course, um, Alex. In Germany, the new Bundestag was elected on 26 September 2021. What, what the energy and climate protection policy of the new federal government will look like cannot yet be fully predicted. However, it is clear that the Greens will very likely be part of the new government. The first chapter of their election manifesto is about climate-friendly prosperity, as they call it, and secured supply of electricity based on energy from renewable sources and covers over 15 pages focusing on energy policy and climate protection, with the topics being picked up again in other contexts of the manifesto, for example, when they speak about education. Jens, would you like to elaborate a bit on the core goals? Yeah, of course. Maybe maybe I can add and summarize indeed the core goals of the Greens being presumably, as you already said, um, part of the new government in, in Germany. 
Um, first of all, an immediate climate protection program shall be introduced, which includes, amongst others, that um, the greenhouse gas emissions reduction target um, shall be said to be more ambitious than this currently, uh, with 70% um, less greenhouse gases um, at the end of um, 2030. Currently, the target is set at 65%. Um, and another goal is to um, increase the carbon dioxide price for transport and heat uh, introduced in January 21, which shall be increased to 60 euro per ton uh, in 2023. Currently, it amounts to 25 euros. So a huge uh, increase or large increase um, shall be happen there. In addition, um, in order to relieve low-income earners and families in particular, um, a, an energy subsidy uh, shall be given and introduced and given to all um, citizens. Um, a further goal is that the Greens wants to work for the coal phase-out to be completed earlier than currently um, agreed, um, 2030, instead of the current uh, 2038 aim. Um, Against these plans, it is presumably fair to say um, that the Greens have the most ambitious program in, in, in these areas, but obviously it remains to be seen how much of it will actually go into the next um, federal government's um, coalition agreement, which is currently uh, negotiated. At least the plans look more ambitious than we might have seen in the past, that's right. Absolutely, Jens. Um, in that context, uh, context, it's really noteworthy what 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 happened earlier this year, because this year, this current year in particular, the outgoing federal government has been accused of pursuing energy policy and climate protection in a half-hearted and unambitious manner. In spring 2021, even the federal constitutional court declared certain parts of the German Climate Protection Act unconstitutional, which is why the federal parliament passed kind of a in inverted commas, repair law in the second half of 2021, which was, however, widely denounced as a missed opportunity. At its core, this law provides for an increase of the target on uh, carbon dioxide reductions from 55% in 2030 to 65% that year, and by 2040, uh, less 88% uh, less carbon dioxide dioxide shall be uh, emitted into the air in Germany than in 1990. In 2045, climate neutrality, climate neutrality shall be reached. The current target year would be 2050. So, um, and uh, uh, to sum it up, uh, the permissible annual carbon dioxide emissions for individual sectors such as energy, industry, transport and buildings shall be reduced. Um, so it's no longer just an overall aim for the German national economy. Alex, over to you. Yeah, fa fascinating stuff, Boris. Thanks for that. We're obviously seeing a lot more um, climate change related litigation um, globally, whether that be against companies or governments. I think what for me is fascinating about this repair law, even though it, it might be criticised for not being ambitious enough, to my mind, it's really one of the first, if not the first, sort of serious responses by government where targets have been amended in response to that climate change litigation. I think we're going to see a lot more of that and um, many countries around the world will, will look to Germany. It'd be interesting if those ambitions are increased further with the um, new government. Um, so changing the topic just slightly, Jens, I know you're very active advising German developers and lenders on onshore wind in particular and that you and Boris have advised across the whole range of technologies in the clean energy space. 
What is the technology currently dominating the German renewables landscape and how is this likely to change over the next decade? Uh, well, Alex, in 2020, the statistical breakdown of electricity generation from renewable energies in Germany by energy source looked as follows. Dominated is it by onshore wind energy at 42% of renewable energy generation and solar at 20%. Biomass is not far behind solar at 18%, which is interesting because usually the projects are of a smaller scale. Uh, and then followed by offshore wind at 11%, and hydropower at 7 and waste to energy at 2%. In order to successfully handle the phase-out of both nuclear energy and energy generation from coal, which have already both been enacted by the federal legislator, without becoming more dependent on so-called grey energy imports from neighbouring countries, Germany will have to significantly increase its offshore wind energy production capacities over the next decade. An additional challenge will be that first-generation onshore wind farms and solar PV facilities are now reaching, or have already reached, the end of their feed-in tariff cycle, and many of them are going out of production due to a lack of profitability or to technical life cycle issues for onshore wind turbine generators, risks of static instability, for example. Thanks, Boris. Yes, Germany is, of course, um, well known for its feed-in tariff, but what are the main routes to market for renewables projects in Germany? Um, now we're seeing that feed-in tariffs be phased out. Yeah, um, that, that's indeed the case. Uh, approximately over the last um, decade, um, the German system of promotion of, of energy generation from renewable sources shifted indeed from, from the classical feed-in tariff system EEG introduced to a more market-driven option uh, model, which is currently currently in place. Um, corporate PPAs are also becoming more uh, popular as well, in particular due to two reasons. Um, firstly, the initial EEG feed-in tariff, which previously granted a 20 years fixed payment subsidy, expires for the first projects um, soon, but the project can still be operated, as, as, as Boris also mentioned, obviously, provided that there are no safety reasons which would prevent the operation. And more and more corporates would like to enter into PPAs outside the regulated EEG auction system in order to reduce emission and costs. Thanks, Jens. So it sounds like we're really in a state of flux when it comes to the, to the revenue side. Um, a lot's been said about the slowing pace of onshore wind and solar development in Germany, in particular in recent years. What are the main obstacles currently facing renewable energy project development and construction in Germany? Unfortunately, Alex, there are a couple of them. In our experience, the main difficulties that project developers are currently facing in planning and constructing renewable energy facilities are a shortage of eligible land, partly due to decisions on regional planning and land use planning in the federal states, resulting in extremely fierce competition among developers for sites. Second, a lengthy third-party appeal procedures against planning decisions and facility permits initiated, among others, by environmental associations. And the next one would be inconsistent regulation, for example, with regard to the use of energy storage facilities by grid operators. And last not least, slow grid expansion. We see overall production of energy in the north of Germany, whilst there are not sufficient grid capacities to transport it from north to south. Thanks, Boris. It sounds like a familiar story um, in terms of issues with permits and, and, and the grid. Um, what sorts of efforts in Germany are being made at both regulatory and policy level to improve the permitting and planning situation? 
I absolutely agree with your statement, Alex. It's a bit the NIMBY principle that we are seeing around the globe. But back to your question, on the one hand, the legislator, legislator is amending the EEG on a more or less constant basis to mitigate any upcoming issues around the promotion mechanism and the like. Regarding grid expansion issues, over recent years, we have seen two legislative initiatives in core, which are the Energy Network Expansion Act, Energieleitungsausbaugesetz, and the Energy Network Expansion Acceleration Act, Netzausbaubeschleunigungsgesetz. However, as our democracy is based on the rule of law as one of its crucial pillars, there are limits to how much you can cut back on people's legal remedies and litigation around grid expansion projects is a huge topic in Germany uh, currently. Jens, do you want to mention how the recent election may affect the pace of deployment of renewables in Germany? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, and um, as I mentioned also, I think a little bit before, uh, a lot will depend on how the new federal government um, will, will shape the legal and political landscape once officially in, in office, presumably before the end of the year. Uh, it will be interesting to watch how a dynamic will develop, which could already be observed on a level um, of individual federal stage and which pertains to a conflict of interest in ecological um, terms. While energy generation from renewable sources is obviously generally regarded as environmental friendly, well, the actual erection of the respective facility often has a questionable environmental balance. Uh, when you think about take, take bird strikes by VTGs, the felling of trees for construction roads, development sites, sound emissions of VTGs, the ecological footprint of the production of solar modules, and so on. With the Green Party, as part of the government, government, this conflict of interest will, will enter more than in the past into the fear of the federal government itself, I believe. Thanks, Jens. We've, we've spoken a bit about how um, the new government in, in Germany is, is going to really um, have such a huge effect in this space. The, the other reason why it's topical to talk about clean energy in, in Germany right now, of course, is COP26, which will be opening in Glasgow in just under two weeks. Boris, what positive outcomes are you personally hoping to see come out of the COP26 negotiations? That's a good question, Alex. Thank you for that. My personal perception is that the countries of the global community are pursuing the fight against climate change at different speeds and with different priorities. And what makes the matter even more problematic, that they are also trying to gain competitive advantages for themselves in individual cases from a slower speed and prioritization. So it's kind of a rat race from my perspective. I hope that the summit will help to reduce this disparity. I would also like to see a spirit of optimism in which the summit participants succeed in communicating the opportunities and possibilities that climate protection offers, and not only the horror scenarios that can result from not pursuing it. People often encounter the second narrative with a resigned attitude or thinking, it will be all right, or at least not that disastrous, and I alone can't change anything anyway. Yeah, I hope you're right, Boris. Let's hope that um, you know people can look to Germany um, and and see inspiration. Um, so that's all we have time for today. Thanks very much to Jens and Boris um, for taking part in our podcast series. As always, it's fascinating to discuss German developments in this space. And with the new government and COP26 coming, there's plenty to stay on top of. Please keep an eye out for the next episode in our series on LinkedIn, our website, Spotify, and Apple Music. Thank you. <laughs>